Hello and welcome to the Really Useful Podcast. I'm Christian Corley and this is Gavin Phillips. Hello. And we are both uh, writers at makeyourself.com. Now, we are here basically to tell you how to make your technology work for you. That's, you know, that, that is the basic gist of this. You've got something in your hand and you're not entirely sure how it works or you're not entirely sure how to make it do what you want it to do, then we're here to help you. Um, there's a few other things we're going to talk about. We'll talk about social media. Um, we'll talk about um, entertainment topics and things like that. But this is our first podcast, so uh, we're not going to get anything wrong, but we might be just a little bit sticky with this. And we've never done a podcast together either, have we? No, absolutely not, no. In fact, we'd only first met in person, uh, was that two weeks ago? Was it as recent as that? I thought it was longer than that. Well, maybe even three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more of a month, actually. Yeah, yeah, oh, blimey, time flies. Doesn't it just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after, after I spent too much money in the Lego store, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, so, uh, but, you know, we've, we've worked together for six or seven years. I think so now, yeah. Yeah, so... Oh. That time definitely does fly, eh? It does, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it just? Okay, so um, there's um, the, the basic format of the show is we go through a bit of recent news that will be relevant to you. So we're not going to tell you that Intel has developed a new way of making microchips. We're not going to talk. That, that's You don't want to know about that. No one cares, all right? Apart from the <laughs> Intel shareholders. Um, but we are going to tell you things like Facebook has been hacked. We're going to tell you that the Skype that you use on your computer is probably changing. Okay, that's the sort of thing we're going towards. Um, and then we're going to have a bit of discussion about uh, the Windows 10 October update and whether you want it. We're going to look at how to connect multiple HDMI devices to TVs with one or maybe a couple of HDMI ports. And we're going to look at how to download your videos and photos from Instagram. So uh, we'll kick that off with the um, Facebook hack, um, which has also turned out to be an Instagram hack. With... Yeah. Um, 50 million accounts been affected, so there's a good chance we've probably been affected and you've probably been affected. Yeah. They think it may even be up to 90 million as well, um, wow. depending on how far the numbers go and what Facebook end up revealing to everybody. But interestingly, in amongst it all, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg was amongst the 50 million. He was affected by the hack that affected his own platform. There, there, there is karma after all. <clears throat> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's interesting is is the way that it came about, which is when they introduced the view as feature to Insta- uh, Facebook all those years ago, which was initially designed to let people see what their accounts looked like from the eyes of someone on the outside. But introducing that also introduced three bugs at the same time. And this is years back now that Facebook hadn't quite caught on to, and uh, someone's exploited it. You expect companies the size of Facebook, with pulling in the amount of money that Facebook has, to maybe be on top of security issues like that. It does seem somewhat obvious for, for the <clears throat> position of a hacker, um, someone who's a specialist in stopping hackers, uh, you know, security uh, specialist, maybe would spot that. So, Yeah, it's interesting. Um, that something like that could happen. Uh, and the way that they have exploited the hack to get all the way into uh, the CEO's account. Um, I don't know if you saw, there was the, uh, was it Filipino or Taiwanese um, hacker who said he was going to do a, a live video stream of him deleting 
Mark Zuckerberg's uh, Facebook account using the using this exploit. But he reneged on the deal, and he's uh, since uploaded it to Facebook's bounty scheme. Um, <laughs> so he was like, "Oh yeah," had had all the words, but when it came to crunch time, he uh, he bailed out. But but yeah, you're right. For a company this size, I mean, and we see it happen so often. You know, uh, it was only a few weeks back, wasn't it? The British Airways lost was it three hundred thousand people's payment information? You know, and it happens all too easily. Uh, so. There's an added in, uh, element to this, though, isn't there? Because there's the Instagram accounts have been hacked as well. Has that been done in the same way? Yeah, it is. It's all part of the the same uh, vulnerability. Uh, but that also stems, the vulnerability extends to the Facebook login uh, system that so many sites and apps now use because it takes part of the pressure of login from them and puts the onus on Facebook who, you know, verify identities and so on and so on. Um, but it means anything that you've used it for, Spotify, Tinder, etc., etc., may also be vulnerable if your account was in the initial Facebook hack. So, I mean, the advice really is if you notice that you've been signed out of any of your accounts unexpectedly, you have to change your Facebook password and it's then worth going back through your other accounts to make sure there hasn't been any any, any uh, unexpected um uh what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> um, activity. Activity, thank you. <laughs> Lost the word there. But yeah. Um Facebook are also going to post up uh, an informatic on the top of your news feed if you have been affected. So it should be fairly obvious if it is you. Um, but, yeah, in the meantime, just wait and see if you get one of those messages. OK. Um, Facebook have obviously um, taken action and they've uh, fixed the vulnerability. Um, mm -hmm. They've also informed law enforcement. Mm. Yeah, the law enforcement angle is interesting, isn't it? Because I'm not sure how they're going to track down or, or even try and prosecute someone. Um, no. Maybe that's code for the FBI rather than the NYPD. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's the other angle as well. Um, is that because Facebook is registered in Ireland uh, for tax reasons, I imagine, um, they have to now report to the Irish GDPR commissioner. So it's going to be the first um, like major, major tech company that's going to fall foul of GDPR laws. Um, so they're waiting to see what sort of reaction there's going to be. Is it going to be a massive fine or otherwise? Um, but yes, the first time we're really going to see what, what GDPR does. On the other hand, it means the Garda are on the case. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll uh, move on to... Um... A, another news topic, our second news topic, which is all about Skype. Now, you've probably used Skype. Uh, you may have it on your phone. You may have it on your PC or on your tablet. You may not have used it for a long time. Uh, a few years ago, Microsoft purchased Skype, and it has changed a bit over the years. Uh, it now looks, I mean, it now has features like built-in recording. Um, it has um, video conferencing as well as voice and it has text chat and stuff, and you know it can handle uh, quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of people at the same time. The screen sharing built into it as well, 
as these new features have been added, they've been added to a sort of secondary app. And what has been known as Skype Classic has been sort of ignored. And now it has been announced that Microsoft is ending support for Skype Classic. Now, it might be that you're using the new Skype, in which case you don't need to worry about this. But if you've been uh, resistant to the new Skype, the old Skype, Skype Classic, is being brought to an end. Support is being pulled by Microsoft. Uh, it's officially known as Skype 7. You'd probably just call it Skype. And it's the one that looks like it's always looked, basically, whereas the new Skype is all kind of shiny and smooth and poppy. It's very smooth. Yeah, very slick. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, Skype, uh, Skype 7, Skype Classic, is coming to the end of its life. Um, Microsoft has said that as we continue to focus on and improve Skype version 8, support for Skype version 7 and below will end on November the 1st, 2018 on desktops, and November 15th, 2018, on mobile and tablets. Uh, now, if you're not happy about this, you can move to other voice chat systems. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of them about. You could even, I mean, WhatsApp kind of fills yeah, yeah. fills that niche quite well in many cases. Uh, it's, it's entirely up to you. The new Skype is good. It has built-in recording, so if you're keen on recording stuff, I mean, we're using the built-in recording right now. If you're keen on recording your Skype calls for podcasts or whatever, then, you know, that's a built-in feature now. Uh, at first, when this new Skype was introduced, it was a bit of a pain. It wasn't great. Uh, but over the last, uh, so I'd say about 18 months, or certainly since Windows 10 was released, it's got a lot better, would you say? Yeah, I think so overall. Um, I'm not a huge Skype user, but every time I log in, I have noticed uh, these sort of like little improvements that have been coming back in as the classic Skype end date moves even closer. So they're obviously bringing bits in slowly to make sure everything works properly, which is quite nice to actually see from Microsoft, uh, given its history. Um, of just dumping stuff on the end users uh, on the final day, the day of reckoning. Um, but it's coming as, uh, obviously, like you said, they're consolidating everything into a single package, but it's going to be the same package used across Windows, Mac OS, Linux, iOS, Android, uh, and even the web client is going to look very similar and try and act exactly the same as the desktop client, so it shouldn't leave people behind that perhaps don't have the, the computer spec to run um, the desktop app proper. Uh, they can just hop over to the, uh, to the browser app. Yeah, and I think the good thing about this as well is, it, as you say, it's unified, but also the mobile versions, you can also record your call on the mobile versions. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, as long as, you're up, as long as it's up to date, um, the record feature works on the mobile version as well. Oh, that's quite cool, yeah. Um, yeah, that is really handy, actually. Because um, um, it's actually recorded in the cloud, and then you can just uh, download it at the end of a call. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's a really useful feature. Um, I noticed as well they're going to bring in end-to-end uh, -end encrypted messaging um, to maybe take a swipe at sort of Telegram uh, and WhatsApp, like you previously mentioned, take a swipe out of their market and try and bring some people back to the Microsoft fold. I can't actually see that happening en masse, but I think for people that do use Skype quite frequently, knowing that you have the benefit of end-to-end -end encrypted messaging uh, is you know, extremely useful for everybody soon. Absolutely. It's probably worth pointing out as well at this stage that um, Skype calling has been introduced to Amazon Echo. 
Wow. So, you know, that's another excellent feature and another great step forward for for Skype users. Have you tried it out? Do you have an Echo I track? haven't tried it out because I only found out about it a few hours ago. But I'm I'm going to be trying it out. Wow, yeah. Um, I mean, if, if, you, if you already have multiple Echoes, you can already make calls within your house. And I think you can also make calls to other people uh, via your phone through Bluetooth and through the Amazon Echo. But now you can use Skype as well. Wow, brilliant. <laughs> so yeah. as long as you, you connect to your Skype account to your Alexa app on your phone, um, and then, uh, yeah, you can do it that way. So, you know, neither Microsoft nor Amazon really have that sort of smartphone presence, really. I mean, neither of them are manufacturers anymore. Well, Microsoft isn't anymore. Amazon never has. But I guess that brings them uh, onto phones and into that sort of into your home integration a lot more than uh, any of the other apps that are going around. Um, well, Amazon had the Fire Phone, didn't they? But um, that kind of, I think yeah. they got most of them got yeah. burned, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how would that work then? Will uh, Microsoft using AWS cloud services, or they jump it over to Azure, and you'll be able to get your data through an it's uh, through an Amazon cloud server or through a Microsoft cloud server? I wonder. I wonder how that's going to work out in the long run. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. But as long as it supports them and it works, then uh, that's all we care about, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. God, nothing that just being able to shout out a name and there they are on the other end of the phone. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, uh, that could actually prove to be quite use, uh, useful. But it could also prove to be quite distracting for a lot of people as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, look, we have got, we, I mean, it's October. We're recording this on the 1st of October. Hopefully, you're going to hear this on the 1st of October if the editing goes well for me. But um, it means that there's a new Windows update coming along. There's always a big Windows update coming along. <laughs> yeah. Somewhat uh, terrifyingly. <clears throat> terrifyingly, indeed. Yeah. It's. I mean, Win- Windows 10 is kind of... Uh, I mean, Microsoft has stated that Windows is forever to be known as Windows 10 yes. on the desktop. Um, no doubt they will change their mind about that at some point in the future, but certainly it has been an ongoing process of revision, which is why you get a lot of updates for Windows 10. Uh, there is a new update due. It's the October 2018 update. Uh, now, the thing is, you might not actually want it. You will get it whether you want it or not, but you might not want it at first because there's been problems with previous updates whereby computers have been bricked uh, or they've run unreliably or the update hasn't taken in some way or whatever. So although Microsoft do run a kind of um, an evaluation testing service to see how things are updating um, with a particular special group of people who have volunteered for these, uh, there's no way that they can account for every single permutation of hardware, uh, which is why it's a good idea to avoid updates early on. Have you ever been uh, hit by a bad update, Kevin? Um, in the early days of Windows 10, when there was a lot of chopping and changing going on, um, I did have one that, it didn't completely break the computer, but it, it broke it broke so much stuff that I had to roll back to the previous version. Right. Um, and then I've been an insider previewer for quite some time on my laptop. So every now and then, never again, never had anything that's completely destroyed stuff, but it's made apps not work and, uh, 
bits and bobs. So, but then that's what you sign up for for being as part of the the insider preview team. So you do have to kind of expect that. So there's no sort of ill feeling towards Microsoft on that basis. Um, but you are right. I th- um, there's a lot of talk and a lot of um, stuff online on forums and you know people's computers do break. There's uh, still incidents of people's apps being removed after. Uh, various updates without warning, you know, people losing a lot of data and information. So sometimes holding off on the, especially the large ones, because it is a large one coming up, the 1809 Redstone 5 update. Um, it is going to be a really big one. It's going to change a lot of stuff. It's going to make some changes to the actual Windows shell itself, which is one of those things that can make a few things go wrong here and there. So, yeah, taking time and lending it bed in, if you can, for a maybe two weeks, let a few of those kinks get ironed out because Microsoft do tend to get on these things quite quickly these days. Um, it's definitely the right right course of action. Okay, we've um, got a couple of tips on how you can um, put this back. Now, uh, you, if by all means listen. Don't feel you have to write this down. You can listen back. You can just like hit rewind and listen back again. But you'll find uh, a brief uh, summary of this in the show notes. Uh, so, um, if you're using Windows 10 Home, you can temporarily disable this update uh, by setting your internet connection to metered. Um, you may not know this, but you have two ways of setting your internet connection in Windows 10. You can set it to metered, or you can set it, set it to well, unmetered. You set it to on or off. If it's off, that means that there's no metering. That means uh, if you're on a metered internet connection, you could go over your limit of bandwidth of uh, data download. But if you set metered on and then set uh, a limit on that, then you'll stop that happening. And you can do this to stop the update for the time being. So you'd uh, go to the Start menu and then go to Settings, or you could press the Windows key and I to open Settings. Uh, and then go to Network and Internet and Wi-Fi. Um, select the network that you use, and there's a little uh, switch under Set as Metered Connection. Set that to On, uh, and that will... Uh, <coughs> That will basically prevent Windows Update from installing automatically, uh, but that is only temporary. Uh, it, it will basically it'll slow down the updates coming onto your computer, so it will update. It will download bits in the background, so later on, uh, it will need to be applied. Uh, if you're using Windows 10 Pro or Education or Business, uh, you can pause updates for 35 days. Uh, go to Settings, Update and Security, Windows Update, Advanced Options, find the Pause Updates heading and switch the slider to On. Uh, you can also defer updates, so you stay in Advanced Options and where it says Choose when updates are installed, uh, you can select for how many days you want to defer the future the feature to be updated. Uh, the maximum is 365 days. Uh, you probably don't want to wait that long because there's security updates and things. Uh, zero de- zero day exploits updates. So these these are very important updates to have. So you probably don't leave it 365 days. Leave it maybe 14, 21 days till we've got past the stage where people are complaining and Microsoft have fixed it, as Gavin said. Yeah, solid solid advice there. I think, especially the uh, the metered connection one. Um, I know on my laptop when I uh, take it out and about, I've been stung once or twice before when I've changed over to a metered connection without realizing. And uh, Windows 10 has absolutely rinsed through my available data for an entire month within a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
which is very, very frustrating. So meter connections are definitely an excellent way to go. Definitely. I think if you're using your phone with your laptop, um, it's a good it's a good idea to set it then, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And you just um, reminded me because I've just got a new laptop last week and I haven't been out with it anyway yet. Uh, yeah, that's what will get you. The first time you set up in a cafe, you'll have to sit yeah. there for an hour and a half waiting. Yeah. Um, the changing the time for the installation of the updates, you can knock it back a few days as well, just to keep an eye on the news. But that gives you a much shorter amount of time. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, listen, I got a new TV a couple of weeks ago as well. Uh, this, this sounds like I'm absolutely loaded, but these these these, these have been a long time coming. So um, we've got a new TV, so we've upgraded from uh, one with a single HDMI to mm. one with uh, a massive three HDMIs. Ooh, uh, and that means, I mean, it changes things considerably because it means it's le- less messing about at the back of the TV. Now, pre- so you know, cause everything's HDMI these days, isn't it? So you know, we, we yeah. I've, like under my TV right now, there's a there's a free sat satellite decoder. There is an Xbox One. There's a Wii U. There there was a blue a Blu-ray drive until recently. Uh, there is a Steam Link, and there is a Raspberry Pi playing like loaded up with retro games. Nice. So you know that's six things. Yeah. Still only so, three connectors. <laughs> so what were you doing before though, when you had just a single HDMI? What were you doing then? Um, losing my temper most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, with the back with the back of a TV, you've got HDMI inputs, and that you can guarantee they're going to be difficult to get to one way or the other. They're either going to be in a kind of a recess, mm-hmm. or they're going to go straight into the back. And you know, quite often, the ones that go straight into the back, they only happen when you've got the TV mounted on the wall. Absolutely. You know, so you need extension cables, you need little L-shaped cables, which are, you know, they're only like three or four pounds, like under five dollars. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's an achievable fix. Uh, workarounds. And you can get little uh, extension cables as well to help you get into those niggly recesses. There are little splitters you can get. Um, I was using, these come in all sorts of prices. I was using a cheap one that cost me fiver. Uh, which would yeah. take three HDMI cables, and it had a little button that you would switch between the three inputs. Yeah, a physical physical clicker. Yeah, basically. Um, that was quite good, uh, although it did tend on occasion to switch channels, so it was quite frustrating if you're playing a video game or watching a movie. Actually, frustrating full stop. But generally speaking, it worked. But you can get um, power. This was a, like a small unpowered one. You can get powered ones uh, with uh, kind of more. Uh, Permanent switching. Yeah, I have uh, I have one uh, for my desktop, so I can switch between uh, Raspberry Pi uh, and my main thing, and just whatever else I need to connect to at the same time. And that's a powered one. Right. It still has a physical clicker, um, but it does seem to do the job quite well. Uh, I've yeah. never had any problems with it randomly switching back through, um, and the the picture's absolutely crisp. It really, really is. Um, and it, the only problem I found though, I think it's mainly because of the setup of my desk, rather than it being an actual issue, is the amount of cables I then have mm. trailing around everywhere. So yeah. I think if you can make it tidy, it's, it's definitely the way to do it though, I think. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think with one of these as well, you can kind of uh, enhance the tidiness by having a long cable attached to it and then mm-hmm. just keeping the cables out of sight. Yes. And just having the switcher um, close to hand. Uh, or, or accessible, anyway. Now, yeah, as, as, as you mentioned, there are... Um, there are other ways. We've, we've talked about the splitter. Uh, most TVs will also have an RGB or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the, uh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. AV, yeah. you know, the, the, yeah. the three or five colours <laughs> um, cables, which um, are more or less interchangeable these days, so that shouldn't be too much of a problem. If you've got a device that has that as an output or has that as an option as an output, then you can use that instead of HDMI yes. uh, and use your, uh, use your remote to just switch between those uh, input options and a lot of TVs I was surprised actually with this one to find um, it actually has a VGA which I kind of thought had been phased out by now whoa hold on so your new TV has a VGA input yeah wow that's impressive I mean yeah. that wow <laughs> that takes you back though surely I mean that's actually quite a rare find yeah I, well I, I mean I, the previous TV we were using, we used it for about six or seven years, mm. and the, the one before that was one of those kind of three foot deep flat screens. Yeah. So with it, but yeah, flat screen, but not a flat TV. So oh, then we yeah. went to a flat TV with a single HDMI, and that had you know pretty much every other input you'd expect. Um, so no, it was seven years down the line, and we're getting a TV that's still got a VGA. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to connect to it. Um, you could get a, a converter for your for your retro pie and take it back to VGA for that real like, real effect, you know? I was thinking of using the um, RCA for that, though. Oh, wow. God, blimey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to teach the kids what it used to be like. So. What it used to be like, yeah, Charlie. We were playing... Uh, my, my son and myself were playing... What was it? Oh, it was uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 mm. a few days ago. Uh, which was uh, he, he seemed to enjoy it a lot more than I ever did. I wasn't a big fan of uh, Mario games. Oh, okay. Until uh, Super Mario Galaxy. And Mario Galaxy was a good one. And Mario Kart as well. The early. Oh Mario. my god! Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the side-scrolling platforms didn't really uh, do it do it for me, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. I know they're very popular, and our our listener might have uh, enjoyed. Enjoyed a bit of Mario back in the day, or maybe not. But uh, yeah, so if you've got a flat screen TV and you've only got one HDMI, there are other options. So don't worry, don't focus too much on HDMI. Look for the other options. Look for the other connectors on the devices you're using and see if there's a way of working around it. If there isn't, then you can get splitters and they're affordable um, and very usable. Now, uh, I don't. Have you got an Instagram? I don't have an Instagram. No, I'm not. I'm not all up on Insta. I'm afraid. I'm not. Okay. I'm not cool enough. You're not one of the cool kids. No, I'm not. No, no. I I don't photograph well. I got oh Jesus. I come across <laughs> all shiny, or my eyes look droopy. You know, people, <laughs> people don't want to see that. No, you're probably right. My my eyes are uh, not not great in photos. I'm just looking at my uh, avatar there, and I. I don't know what's going on with my eyes there. I look like, <laughs> I look like I've loaded the weekly groceries into my face. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Instagram is uh, very popular. Uh, it has millions and millions of users around the world. And 
you probably think once your material's gone up there that you know that's it you can't really do much more with it but um you know there are different ways you can download videos from instagram for start off mm. and there are video downloaded tools uh which are often mobile apps uh the one in particular would be uh video downloader for instagram for instance uh but you can use things like if triple t which how does, how does that work then how does that work uh you get the Facebook app on your phone. You you hook the IFTT to your Instagram account. Uh huh. Um, and then you connect that to your Dropbox account. Ah, I see. Oh, that's um, good. What it will do is take the video and save it to your Dropbox account. Ah, uh, that's very handy. Yeah, yeah. it is. Very good. Um, um, if you're not using IFTT already, uh, listener, it is an uh, incredible way of saving a lot of time messing around with things that you do um, repeatedly. So a lot of repeated tasks um, can be streamlined. Uh, hardware that you've got around the house, maybe like, uh, for instance, a smart gas meter or mm. smart lights or anything like that. Um, you know, you, you can set your smart lights to come on at a particular time or when a message is sent from your phone to your email account, that would then switch the lights on, for instance. So if you're going to come home early, you can just send a message lights will come on. Um, and it's not just about lights, everything. I use, um, do you know what I use IFTT for? I make money with IFTT. How do you I've, do that? I've written about this. I set up a account on Twitter and then I used an eBay partner network account to create an RSS feed right. of um, items in a particular, of a particular type and they get mm. then sent through to the Twitter feed uh, and and then people who click those items, they go and say, and if they bid or whatever, then it generates income for me. Wow, now that is smart. See, that is exactly the things that I have triple T should be used for, making people's pockets bigger. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not uh, it's not a massive income. I have to say, <laughs> it's a nice side income. I made um, probably eighty quid over the last quarter of last year. It's all right. Tank of fuel. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so IFTT is a good option for a lot of things. Um, getting back to downloading Instagram videos, there are seven different ways you can do this. Um, so we've looked at IFTT, we've looked at an app. Um, there's a thing called PostGrabber, which is a web-based tool. There's uh, Dreedown, another web-based tool. It's basically you drop the URL of the Instagram video from the website into the Dreedown interface, and then it'll download it for you. Uh, there's a iOS app called Regrammer. Uh, there's, uh, it's probably worth mentioning a different Android app called OG Instagram, uh, which isn't on Google Play. So you have to find another way of doing that, which is a thing called sideloading, which isn't, uh, it isn't straightforward. It's possibly something we'll talk about on another occasion, actually, because it is useful, uh, mm, yeah. in a number of, uh, circumstances. And there's another web-based tool called Gramblast. Uh, we'll um, give you a link to uh, an article covering all seven of these in the show notes, so you can uh, check them out one at a time. But uh, yeah, you can download your Instagram videos. I mean, that might be useful if you have, for instance, uh, record. You know, if you've recorded an Instagram video on your phone, you've got it on your phone already. If you've lost your phone or moved to a different platform, if you move from iOS to uh, Android, for instance, 
then although the video will be in your Instagram account, it might not be that easy to download it. So using these tools uh, should help you out there. Now, is there a, there's, there's a way to do this with photos as well, isn't there? There is indeed. Okay, so say you want to download your Instagram to your desktop. So you sign into the account on your desktop browser, then you click on the profile icon in the upper right corner, and then click the settings gear next to where it says edit profile. Uh, in the new menu, select privacy and security, and here you can just click on data download and click request download. Um, that will take you to the request page where you can get a copy of everything that you've posted to Instagram. Now, it can take up to 48 hours, but probably be done within an hour. I think 48 hours is the kind of, you know, the last, you know, their the, the biggest window. Absolutely. I think it depends on the account size as well. If you're a yeah. prolific, prolific uploader, it can take a little bit longer. Uh, same as if you've got specifically quite long videos and what have you. It takes a little bit longer to compress them, but like it says, it shouldn't take more than 48 hours, and that really would be the absolute extremity of, of the download. Yeah, I would say so. Now, the, um, if you want to do it on your mobile app, uh, you can do. Uh, you can do that using the profile icon. Click the menu button, then the settings button, and then choose data download. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's straightforward. It is easy. Yeah, it seems uh, a lot easier than uh, it is on Facebook as well. Doing it on Facebook is a bit of a pain in the bum, uh, considering it's all the same same company uh maybe that's a nod to uh how much more of a visual platform instagram is compared to facebook yeah um there's a there's a tool that you can also use called downloadgram uh which is uh, i'll tell you what we'll do with that we'll actually uh, give you a link to to using downloadgram because uh, it's different for desktop it's different for ios and it's different for android we'll basically let you download multiple or single photos from instagram uh it's not specific on whether or not you should download other people's photos or not, but if you do, then don't reuse them. Because that's not really on, is it? No, that's uh, not fair or kind. <laughs> it's not, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, but I mean, if, if you're using Instagram, obviously there's, um, there's, there's plenty of other things you can do with it other than downloading photos. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's that. Uh, now, we are probably going to... Uh, say goodbye to you in a moment or two um but we're very keen to hear from you um what sort of things you want us to talk about uh what topics are troubling you at the moment anything challenging you have you got an, a younger relative who isn't being as helpful with your tech as you would like them to be have you got an older relative who's causing you endless uh call <laughs> try and keep it more uh, <laughs> polite than that um are you finding yourself having to go out to someone all the time and you need a bit of uh, support or assistance or suggestion to make the whole process a lot easier? Let that elder relative, partner, whatever, use their hardware without it being a problem. Uh, we are here to help you out with that. Uh, you can message me on Twitter. Uh, I am the Gadget Monkey. All one word. Uh, you're on Twitter as well, aren't you, Gavin? Yeah, I am uh, at Gavin Spavin. You can find me. It's got my face on there. You'll know it's me. <laughs> if they don't know you, though, um, it's still yeah. got his on. <laughs> it says um, I'm a senior writer, so you'll know that it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're, we're hosting this podcast to start with on Anchor, which is an interesting new service 
uh, well, relatively new service. Uh, so uh, I'm uh, hope I've got big big uh, hopes for those. But you should, um, if you, I mean, if you're clicking this link through one of the social links, uh, you should find us on iTunes and the other big services as well. Certainly, if not this time round, by certainly by our next episode. Uh, now, um, myself and Gavin are only part of a uh, five-man team, so uh, next time it may not be both of us, or maybe one of us, and not the other one. Uh, but we will be back with uh, some more relevant news about your tech about your hardware, about the gadgets you've got in your house, and a few more snippets on how to make them work for you better. That's the aim of the Really Useful Podcast. Have a good week. Goodbye.